Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in just a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, you're not going to believe what people are doing or not doing in the job market. It is just freaky weird. And coming up later, with the overbuilding that's happened around the country with apartments and condos, there's something you need to know before you rent a place or if you're thinking of buying a condo, especially before you buy that condo. I'm going to fill you in. So we get endless questions about identity theft, endless things I share with you about things that have happened with identities being hacked, you know, databases being hacked, people's identities being breached and all the rest. Well, there was a movie that was very popular years ago called Catch Me If You Can, and it was about a guy named Frank Abagnale, who was a real guy who faked people out so many different ways and committed so many crimes pretending to be different things like I think he pretended to be an airline pilot at one time and a doctor another time and he was able to pull this off and con people over and over again that he was things he was not well he ended up getting caught and turned out to be a very valuable resource once he changed his ways and got a an ethical compass and now he does the opposite. He tells people how not to get kind. And so he has some things you need to know that he wants to make sure that is, you know, so he said the, the catch me is you catch me if you can was the story about him. So now he's got a book called Scam Me If You Can with tips for you. And a lot of these things or things if you're a regular listener to our show, you've heard pretty much all of these at one time or another. But here's somebody who lived his life as a con artist, and I want to tell you that there's something that he says is the most important thing you've got to know. And what's weird about this is I testified before a legislative committee just a couple of weeks ago about this exact thing, not knowing that this was what he said you needed to make sure you didn't do. And that is on any social media, any social media, most prominently on Facebook, never, 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 not ever publish your birth date. Never, never, not ever publish where you were born. Why those two things? Because as he says, with those two pieces of information, it takes a crook 98% of the way to stealing your identity in full. And people on social media routinely, on their birthday, you know, get all kinds of birthday wishes from people and all that. That allows a criminal to have that kind of stuff. And people, you know, kind of let their guard down on social media and make their lives and their past open books. 
So just remember, those two items alone are so valuable to a crook. There are other things that he stresses that you should not do or that you need to be aware of. And this one comes up on our show at least twice a month. And that is when somebody tells you they have a magic formula to beat normal investing, know to run away, essentially. That no one is ever, anybody legit, is never going to promise you world-beating economic results, financial results, if you do their thing, their strategy. Think how often I get calls from people who get the pitches about red light, green light investing systems, these market timing things, where they promise you on infomercials and on the internet and in emails that you're going to make these massive returns on your money if you just do their system and pay them the zillion dollars for their system. Don't ever believe it. Another thing is I want to stress that you do not answer your phone if it's not a call that identifies as from a family member or a friend. He also says the same thing. You don't want to answer because it says it's uh, you happen to do business with Bank of America and the caller ID says Bank of America or whatever it is. If it's a company or government agency or whatever, do not trust it is actually from them because overwhelmingly it's not going to be from them. Don't answer that call because nothing good comes from it. A lot of times you answer a UFO phone call and it'll be a crook with a recorder trying to record your voice saying things, isn't the weather great today? And getting a yes or no out of you. And then they take that with completely different with a completely different question, and then may try to allege that you'd entered into a contract with them for who knows what. Don't answer that phone. Let the call go to voicemail. If it is a legitimate call, you can listen to the voicemail, and then you call them back. But you check the number first before you call back any government agency or any company. So just some things... That he talks about, you can learn a lot from a crook. (laughs) And I want you to know that the internet, modern technology, has made it so much easier for the crooks. And I don't want to make you paranoid. I want to make you careful. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Mike. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Mike. You have an unusual form of credit you took out. Tell me about it. Yeah, so my wife and I bought our first house a couple of years ago. and uh, How's that working we out? A... Great so far. Well, you know, it's a house. But yeah, we're happy. We're doing well. Wonderful. So we needed a bedroom set. So we went to a, a store and they, you know, they had no interest for two years. So I figured, all right, pay it off in less than two years and we're not paying any extra on it. So we did that. So I'm, now I'm sitting on this credit I'm probably never going to use again. I'm... We weren't really happy with the bedroom set to begin with, so we're probably not going to go back to that store. So now it's just sitting there, and I'm wondering if I should cancel it or just keep it, or because it shows up obviously on my credit report. So yeah, know, leave it leave there. it open for now. Leave it open. Yeah. So store credit is considered to be junk credit, 
but mm-hmm. there's not really an upside to you closing that account. Um, how many other forms of credit do you have, like Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover? Do you have vehicle I, loans? What yeah, kind I, of things do you have? Yes, I have a vehicle. I have a vehicle loan and two credit cards, and then the mortgage, obviously, and and a small student loan. But that's it. Nothing crazy. No, but you have, have the reason I'm asking, you have pretty diversified credit. You've got a decent amount of it, and so you're in good shape. I mean, if you did want to close that, it's not really going to affect you in a terribly negative way. I mean, if you were were asking me about a co-brand, like a lot of stores now have the co-branded credit where it'll be a Visa or MasterCard tied in with the store name, that I would mm-hmm. absolutely not want you to close. And it's right. not an important priority for you to close that. Uh, I think you just leave it be. But if you did decide you didn't want it hanging out there, that's not going to cause any significant problems for you like it would if you closed a major credit card account. Okay. Um, One thing I wanted to mention to you, um, your spouse, how many credit cards does your spouse have? Uh, I think she has two. And they're her own, right? Yes, yes, they are her own. So with business going into an economic slowdown, even more than we are as consumers, you're going to find that um, you're going to be, all of us are going to be put under a microscope by the banks and credit card issuers. And so each of you want to have at least two credit cards from two different issuers. That's okay. like the baseline. A lot of couples yeah. share cards, and you don't want to do that right now. You want to each have your own established credit. And a lot okay. of people will have the only credit cards they have. They may have two or three, but they could all be from one issuer. They might all be from Chase, or they might all be from City, or they might all be from Amex or something. And that's dangerous right. when the credit card companies get scared. And that's why you need cards from more than one issuer. So just check with her to make sure she fits that of having more than two or more from different issuers. I definitely will. Right. Well, best to you. And I'm sorry the furniture turned out to be junk. I often hear from people <laughs> who buy furniture on what's known as a no, no, no plan like you bought where there's no down payment, no payment, no interest for, in your case, two years, that often the payments last longer than the furniture lasts. So, Well, we said this will fit in the room. This will be fine. And then we're like, wait, this furniture is way too big for this small room. So that was a problem. Well, when, you're, well, when you buy a house, you're rushing. You're trying to get things sure. done. And, you know, it well, At least that's all the problem was that the furniture was too big, not that the furniture was too crummy. A lot, of, a lot of the furniture on those no-no-no plans is uh, particle board furniture where they take um, they take wood debris and they glue it together, put a laminate over it, and it looks like really high-quality furniture. It's not. Greg is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Greg. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Greg. You've gotten a pitch from your insurance agent, and you want to know, is it good for you or not? Well, Clark, I've been through a storm before, and that uh, hurricane deductible stings, so this sounds pretty appealing. What are you being offered? I'm being offered insurance for just a couple hundred bucks a year that will cover the 2% hurricane deductible on my homeowner's policy. 
Okay, first of all, I don't like you at all now. How did you get a policy that in a named storm is only a 2% deductible instead of 5 I Honestly, I'm not sure. I've got a great insurance agent, I guess. That's really fantastic for you. Okay, so the 2% deductible on your home is how much exposure for you? It'd be just shy of $11,000. Okay, so you pay... A, a supplemental policy premium of a couple hundred bucks and you avoid that $11,000 exposure. Yeah, there's some other nice perks. They, they give you some money if you're, you, know, you know your power goes out and your food gets spoiled or um, you have to fill up uh, gas tanks for the generator. So there's a couple extra perks as well. Well, the main thing is being able to avoid the deductible. There are very right. few homeowners who can easily absorb an $11,000 deductible. In your case, do you have that kind of money available but it just stings you or is it would it be difficult for you to come up with the 11,000? I I could come up with the money, um, but it may take a while to fill the emergency fund back up. Okay. So that would make this um, really optional for you and it's been really tough in Florida, where there have been so many hurricanes in such a short cycle, an unusual increase, and I'm not smart enough to know how much of this is because of rising temperatures and how much is just an unlucky cycle. Um, so if you wanted to spend the money, it's not a large amount of money versus what you're protecting. And so that would be fine to do. But the question always is, goes back to the core of what I asked you. If that is a loss that would be hard for you to handle and wipe out your emergency funds, then that sounds like that would be a reasonable thing to do. Okay. Thank you for the advice. All right. And let's hope no more hurricanes for years to come. Today's Clark Rageous moment is one of those things I just have to shake my head at. People who have accepted a new job end up deciding they're not going to take it, don't show up on the first day at work, but somehow don't think it's important to let the employer know they're not coming. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. So my uh, eldest daughter used to work for a bank and she did new employee orientation and it's almost like a school teacher on the first day of school she would take role for new employees for their orientation and every week at new employee orientation there would be people who'd been offered a job accepted the job and then they just changed their mind and keep it a big fat secret <laughs> From the bank, they weren't taking the job. Just no-showed. The thing that really surprised my daughter is these were not jobs that were necessarily entry-level. They were all the way up to executive level, and people would just no-show and not call. This is happening. There have been multiple reports of this happening in retail and restaurant work, and it's become such a thing of desperation for a lot of employers in retail and restaurants that they extend offers 
with a lot less hoopla than they did in the past. They offer jobs to people. People will accept those offers. And then these employers and retail and restaurants just know people may not show up for the first day of work. Okay, I want to say something to you. Job markets are not always strong, and you don't want to be that kind of person. It may not ever come back to bite you, but it's really not respectful for you if you are offered a job, they took the time to screen you, interview you, offer you a job, and you don't even have the decency to call them back and tell them you're not coming. Send a thank you note and say, Another opportunity came along. You're sorry you're not going to take their job. Do something respectful. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money on purchases each and every day and night. We update around the clock every day of the year but Christmas. So for tenants around the country where roughly one in three of us are renters, the market is shifting in so many places in the United States as too many apartments have been built and it's become a real problem for the owners and investment groups in the apartments, but now there's more and more and more deals for tenants. But I need to tell you about a movement I read about and market watch that is affecting people moving into new condominium buildings and new apartments that in desperation to sell those condos or rent those apartments there are landlords now that are specifically marketing properties that can be turned into Airbnb rentals so you could rent in a place or worse you could buy a condo and you're expecting stability there and and you know knowing your neighbors and suddenly there's new people there every couple of days uh, if something's a condo tell which is an old resorty kind of thing where people buy a condominium unit in a place that from day one the whole facility is built to be a hotel, but each unit is owned by an individual or a family, the idea of a condo hotel is, let's say, you just love going to a particular beach resort or whatever, but you can't go there all the time. You buy one of these things, you have an owner's closet, but most of the year it's being rented out to people, you get some of the money, the rest goes to the people running the condo hotel. This is different than that. This is where you buy a condo in a building, and if you're not aware, there could be short-term rentals all around you, people coming for one night, two nights, three nights, whatever, and this is the developer doing it. This is the complete opposite story of what I've talked about the other way around, where people in big numbers bought properties in the Hawaiian Islands, and in Florida, with the idea of turning them into Airbnbs or VRBOs, and then homeowners associations, condo associations said, no, 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 no short-term rentals allowed, 
and people got caught having bought a place for that purpose, they then weren't allowed to rent out. There's a lot of things that are still shaking out with short-term rentals and a lot of brushback on the Airbnb. I've talked about Miami Beach, where there are all kinds of rules now prohibiting, New Orleans, all kinds of rules prohibiting and restricting. This is happening more and more communities as well. So you just got to know this is a, a area in constant change. But if you are buying in a building that the developers in desperation to sell units are going to put short-term renters around you, yuck. If you're renting in an apartment complex where you've got people next to you a night at a time or whatever, you didn't rent to be in a hotel. You got to know whether that kind of thing goes on or is intended to happen. And so you want to know the policies of an apartment building before you rent. You want to absolutely know in writing for a condo you're considering buying that you are not going to be hit blindsided with suddenly having total transient units all around you. Wow. That would be a disaster. Larry's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Larry. Clark, how you doing? Great, thank you, Larry. Um, your your wife has had one of those no fun injuries. Tell me about it. Yeah, she's showing um, symptoms of a meniscus tear and MCL, and uh, our concern is, of course, uh, how much is it going to cost? So we're looking into medical tourism, possibly Costa Rica. Uh, never done it. I'm just wondering if that's a legitimate idea to have and will it save us any money and what what's your thoughts on that? So medical tourism has both grown in popularity and stood the test of time. There's now a number of countries around the world that are respected for that have first world medical centers in the middle of a developing country, like as example, India is a place people go for certain types of medical tourism. Uh, Singapore, which is really not a third world place, it's more first world, but Singapore has become a destination for people having um, medical procedures done. Costa Rica that you mentioned is best known for dental tourism more than it is for traditional medicine. Hungary, known for uh, dental tourism as well when people need extensive dental work. But there are ways you can check out whether or not a particular facility in a country is where you should be looking at for your wife's care. And I want to give you some, some places you should look. Number one, I'd like you to look at Joint Commission International. Have you looked at that yet? Um, I've looked at a few, but I, don't, I can't remember them all. All right, well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to hit you with some, Okay. Joint Commission yep. International, it's a .org, is, okay. is a certification organization for medical facilities in uh, various countries around the world. It's not so much about going to Costa Rica. It's where your wife would be treated in Costa Rica that matters. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also a medical tourism association that you can look at. And then there's one that's been much in the news lately, Doc Tours, which is D-O-C-T-O-U-R-S dot C-O. And it's an Mm -hmm. organization where they help you look for people that are qualified uh, by their by their standards to do a medical procedure and they're with you through the process and you can see okay. the amount that you might save on your wife's procedure for her MCL if that's what it turns out to be mm-hmm. would it make sense this is more a question than a statement would it make sense to at least have her diagnosed here before you go looking for possibly having her treated somewhere else? We've tried to do that, and uh, it's going to be about a month to get uh, a diagnosis. And every time you go through the door, it's of course, they're charging you. A month? Why is it going to take a month? I'm in Alaska. (laughs) Oh, wow. We're not known for... for, uh, Competitive healthcare costs. <laughs> so uh, we're moving in the time of year. I don't know how uncomfortable your wife would be, but um, we're moving the time of year that flights from uh, various Alaska departure points to Seattle are very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Might it possibly make sense for the two of you to fly to Seattle where it would be uh, pretty easy to get a diagnosis pretty quickly? Yeah, because compared yeah. to the cost of what a operation is going to be a procedure, I mean, if you've got to run down to Seattle for an overnight, that's not going to be cost prohibitive. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty sure it's um, it's a meniscus tear. Uh, her her leg just her knee gave gave out when she was just walking. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to let you use your own judgment on that because I would not have any idea how to diagnose if I blew out a knee what exactly was going on. So if you feel really confident about that, I'm going to defer to your feelings on that. But I hope the most important thing is that she gets the care she needs and makes a really thorough recovery. And by the way, recovering in Costa Rica sounds like a really great idea in the fall with you living in Alaska. Jason joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jason. Hi, Clark. Thank you for taking my call. Certainly, Jason. Uh, You want to take us a completely different direction, don't you? Yeah, I don't have uh, nearly that that kind of issue, but uh, hopefully you can still help me here. Certainly. I was curious when I should pay bills. Um, I don't auto pay all of my bills, but I like to pay them as soon as I get them. Uh, This has worked uh, for me pretty well uh, as I get paid uh, biweekly. And because of that, over a long period of time, I'm able to kind of use time uh, to help me um, in case of an emergency. And so so if I get in a bind or anything, time kind of helps me uh, with that extra two pay periods um every year oh so i I got it this is great so you you pay a bill as soon as you have money you pay that bill and so you're paying way before the due date on something is that the idea 
That's the idea, yes. Okay. All and right. then, so, I was just curious, what's your take on that? And then, I'll hold you on, uh, I've only been listening for about six weeks, and I love your show. And Thank you. Also, if you, if you could um, just talk about why you don't like debit cards, because I do use debit cards for some forms of payment, so I'm just curious about that as well. So, um, let me first deal with the debit cards. We'll go back to how you're paying things. So the issue with debit cards is actually two areas now. Um, More recently, debit cards have become extra dangerous to use because with the payment system having been so heavily compromised, and the latest estimate is that 80% of the plastic we carry in our wallets or purses, the numbers are already known to crooks. They just haven't used them yet. And so if somebody has a compromised number for a credit card of yours and they use it, there's really nothing you have to worry about. You know, you just notify your credit card company. Sometimes they'll notify you before you even realize somebody's been using it and no money's left your hands. But with a debit card, the second that number, that compromised number is used by a crook, your money is, just starts vanishing from your checking account. And the rules are very poor on getting that money restored. The rules are, are, are totally lopsided against the consumer. The other thing is that with it predates the problems with all the um, number security that's been broken by the crooks, is that with a credit card, when you buy things online, when you have a dispute with a merchant or whatever, you have specific rights to dispute the charge. But when you use a debit card, none of those rights exist. Okay. So that's why I'm negative on them. On paying your bills early, I think it's a great financial practice what you're doing. Because what you're doing is you're creating um, a cushion in your life when, you know, inevitably things happen, right? Right. And so you're creating that space in your life I pay bills the day they come, yep. which seems to people who are like, why wouldn't you use the float, you know, the time between when the bill comes and when it's due? Right. Because, because I want to make sure that everything is always paid on time and that I'm doing just what you're doing, creating a reasonable financial cushion in my life. So I would keep doing exactly what you're doing. Perfect. That's great to hear. Thank you. Except that debit card. <laughs> yes. I'll, uh, I'll look into other ways to uh, using something else. Okay, because I despise the debit cards. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
It's time for Clark.com slash ask. That's where you post a question for me. In this case, Joel asks your question for you. Joel, who's up first? Clark Lynn's up first. She says, thank you for your service. My daughter just returned from an overseas deployment with the Air Force. My other daughter is a state trooper. I work for the military department as a civilian employee, and my fiance is a firefighter paramedic. Wow. <laughs> a family dedicated to service, right? That is really incredible that you're all in some form of uniform service. Yeah. And so Lynn, Lynn's question is, how do you feel about Groupon travel deals? Groupon travel deals are can be great. You've got to compare the prices of what you see as a Groupon deal that says it's an outstanding opportunity to save versus um, what other people are charging. But I wanted to mention something I don't think I've ever mentioned. With Groupon, with their travel deals, often the best deals are for staycations. When you live in an area where you just like, you don't have time to travel somewhere else, but you like to get away from home for a night or two, Many times there will be a deal offered that you can even buy the day before where you can get a really great deal with a Groupon travel offer at a hotel or resort. All right, Regina says, are the companies that buy your house for cash legitimate? Legitimate. Uh, That's an interesting term. So this business model has been going through a modern transformation in the last two years. Before the last two years, when somebody offered to buy your home and they buy it very quickly, it was generally when it was a distress sale, a house that was beat up. Um, you had a situation where maybe it was an estate sale and the executor is trying to get rid of the house, doesn't want to spend the money fixing it up. And those purchases are done by entrepreneurs who will buy houses that are really beat up. They fix them up. They then turn them into rental properties or sell them. That's different than what has emerged over the last two years, what are known as iBuyers. I have a write-up on iBuyers on Clark.com. And if you do the iBuyer process thoroughly and right, if it's available for your home in your city, you can end up with a very decent price and a guaranteed purchase on your property. Generally, you'll get a little less money for your home than what you'd get selling it the traditional way, but it gets it done and gets it done at a known price quickly. All right, and Randy wants to know, what was the website, Clark, that you gave a while back to help you unsubscribe from emails? Ah, unroll.me. Unroll.me. It, Unroll Me really works. There are people who have been unhappy with their terms of service, but it will help you clean up the junk in your email. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.